This episode is brought to you by TwoLinedMusicCutStore.com. TwoLinedMusicCutStore.com is your all access to culture. Check out cultural merchandise like leggings, hats, mini boxing gloves, and bags. Also, t shirts like hip hop, nature, rock bands, reggae, and dark fantasy. Fast shipping worldwide. That's TwoLinedMusicCutStore.com. Now, let's check out this episode. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a really special guest in the building. Listen, this man here has out about four albums of crazy music. He has a new song out right now called Babylon So Cool with Wayne J and Turbulence. You know what we have in the building today? We have Neto Youth in the building today. What's going on, my brother? Yes, sir. it's an honor to be there. It's an honor to be there. Thank you so much for coming through the Entertainment Report podcast today. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> All right. Definitely. No, because you see the thing with it, I checked out. I've been following you for a while, but then I decided to really go down the rabbit hole and check out what you've been doing. And when I checked it out, I said, nah, man, we have to sit down and have a conversation. You know what I mean? I remember the first time I saw you mm-hmm. about four years ago. It was a Woodbine Mall. I was performing there. I think I was opening for... I win and yes, and you saw me and you saw me say, "Hey, yeah. I had you on IG." <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah. "Yes, sir, definitely." You understand? I say, "Yo, we have a link," and four years later, yeah, here we are. Here we are. Yeah. You understand? Well, on this podcast, we like to go right from beginning and then bring it up right to 2021. So, my first question for you is this: Where do you grow up, and what type of child were you? Uh, right. So I grew up, I, I, I was born in Quebec, mm-hmm. uh, Quebec City, actually. I was born at home. I wasn't born in a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then later in my teenage, I moved to Jamaica for a little while. Mm-hmm. White House, uh, Kingston 11. Well, now we're going to get, we're gonna get yeah. there just Well, now. as a child, no. Yeah. Um, as a child, no, I was, I was uh, into sports. Mm-hmm. I was into music as well because my older brother is, is 20 years old, um, older than me mm-hmm. and he's a music um, journalist. Okay. So he will bring always records of the house and, and things of that nature. Um, so I was into music, into sports. Yeah. What type of sports were you into? Basketball. Basketball. Basketball, yeah. In Quebec now, growing up, you said your your brother, he was a music journalist. What type of music were you into growing up at that time there also? Um, at that time, I was more listening to hip-hop because going my generation, I was born in, in mid-80s. Mm. So it was more hip-hop, right? Growing up in the 90s, hip-hop mm-hmm. was a predominant music at the time. So um, hip-hop, but then... I always listen to reggae music as well because my brother will bring studio and records and Dennis Brown, Augustus Pablo, King Tobies and all those records. Garnet Silk at home. Yeah. So it was always in the background in my head. I was listening to that and I was always leaning toward reggae music. Mm-hmm. But hip-hop was the music I was really listening to at the time. And what was, when did the reggae really take you over? Do you remember a particular artist, particular song? What was in particular we said, this is what I really like? Um, it's a good question about reggae music. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would not say not an artist specifically, but it was a Studio One compilation. Um, I think it was Studio One Rockers or Studio One Lovers, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole heap of artists on this, but um, it was a Studio One compilation. No specific artist, but mm-hmm. then I said, like, "Whoa!" Yeah, and something just boom. 
Do you know what it was that just went off? Was it the baseline? Was it what they're saying? What was it in particular that you liked? I was a, I always been a rebel. I was a wild child. <laughs> I was a rebellious child. So for me, it was I was always kind of rebelling against the system, mm-hmm. things of that nature. And I saw reggae music was about that as well. So naturally, I got, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So you're here growing up in Quebec and all that mm-hmm. stuff there. So then when did you actually start to make moves towards actually becoming an artist? Or what was, were you a DJ first? What was your first entrance into music? Right. When I was about 13, I was writing lyrics. And I, it, it was more leaning toward hip-hop. Mm-hmm. But because I had that, that, that reggae um, so-called background, mm-hmm. listening to Buju Bantan at the time and, you know, DJ like this, I realized what I was doing was not really hip hop. Mm-hmm. I was more DJ and toast. I was more toasting. Got you. Without even knowing that what I was doing was DJing. Mm-hmm. Because I had so many words. And some, remember, some radio personality in Quebec still saw me and he's like, Yo, you have too much words. Yo, you spit. Yeah. You, you, you really do reggae. It's not mm. hip hop you do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then something click. Mm-hmm. And then, because I was kind of singing at the same time, so it was mm-hmm. not rapping, it was DJing and toasting and singing. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh, really, what I'm doing mm-hmm. is reggae music, guys. It's reggae, you know. And who, uh, who were some of the artists you were listening to at that time here now? Um, gosh. At that time, uh, Dennis Brown, you know, um, Garnet Silk, mm-hmm. Buju. Then a little bit after then came Sizzler, Anthony B, Capleton, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Garnet Silk too, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. So then now with music, you said so you were rapping first. What was your first time in a studio or your first attempt to actually start recording music now? Right, so to give you some, some basically I was DJing and I was doing freestyle and basement party mm-hmm. and, you know, I was doing rap buckle and all these things you know okay yeah mm-hmm. um one time i was in a, a in a party and there was this this thing this older rastaman from quebec city from jamaica from center named, named daddy rushy mm-hmm. and i was at the party there and i was underage i was 14 years old i don't even yeah. know what i was going in a grown ass <laughs> party but um i was there and he heard me dj and he came to me he's like i was you yeah, I'm like, yeah. He said, I thought that was the 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 DJ, the the music. Yeah, he said, you're bad. Take my number. I know at the time we never have no cell phone, so I write yeah. on a lot of paper and come to my place and we are go DJ. I'm gonna show you to DJ. Mm-hmm. So the next Monday, you know, me call him, his wife and server say, yo, give me his address, go to his place, go to his basement, and the whole day we toasted. My cassette, we, we record that on cassette. We did like 30 songs in one day. <laughs> and yeah, so that was the first time really recording. Um, then after that, he bring me to a studio. And to the studio, I, I, I remember because the engineer said, you, oh, you look so stressed. Because <laughs> it was my first time in front of a professional mic. And I was, I think I was 15 years old. And yeah. I, 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 I was so stressed, man. Like... Mm-hmm. It was very really something important for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's like, relax, take it, go smoke a split fire. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was the first time in a studio. And do you remember your first song that you professionally recorded? 
Yeah, it was called police. It was about police brutality, and yeah. it was a uh, it was on a mixtape from some rapper from uh, Quebec. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and was that in English or was it in French? It was in French. So yeah. remember, at the time, mm-hmm. I never speak English. So French is Frank. Frank I'm francophone. My my native language is French. Mm-hmm. So um, that was that was in French. So I was DJing in French. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. And how did you, so did you basically, because French is your first language, so did you basically learn English through the music? No, you know, uh, I never learned English, I learned Patois. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then this, this, this elder, no, um, I was talking, I was referring to, it kind of took me in mm-hmm. and teach me everything about Ital food and cook food and Rastafari and mm-hmm. He never speak English either because he's a countryman from Saint Anne. So he never, although he was there in, in Quebec for some time, mm-hmm. he only speak Patois. He's a, he's a bushman, so you know. <laughs> in order to communicate with him, I had to learn as well. So yeah. you know, so I learned Patois first. Yeah. Um, I never learned proper English until we come Toronto seven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> then the reality strike me and I say, okay, yeah. I need to adapt. And actually, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and because you talk with people and we we we. You start speaking proper English, but mm-hmm. yeah, before that, you never speak proper English. Yeah, <laughs> wow, yeah. that that's serious to know that you went from French straight to Patois. You know, yeah, I mean? it's a, a unconventional yeah. route, uh, I must say. And but that's where he started to teach you about Rastafari and all those stuff there, and that's what you gravitated yeah. towards. Yeah, I always been spiritual. You know, I was thirteen, I was fourteen, and I was reading mm-hmm. um, Quran. I was reading Ancient Testament. I was reading. Um, um, Egyptian Book of the Dead and things of that nature, but okay. then I realized, as a term, uh, as a way of life, Rastafari. I was more leaning towards Rastafari. And when I start learning about Rastafari, I say, okay, this is really what what correspond to mm-hmm. my soul. Yeah, got you. Recorded your first track here. Now you say Rastafari. When was the first time? I know two thousand eight was when you put out your first body of okay. work first album it's yes. called the new jerusalem mm-hmm. and it was an album that <clears throat> we took our little hustling money mm-hmm. and we print it and everything and we sell it in on the street there was no nothing a store nothing like that um but we we sold we sold about uh a thousand copies of that album okay which is still significant mm-hmm. um but yeah that was my first body of work yeah the new jerusalem 2008 and i know on that album there had a feature from scissor kalanji not on that album. It wasn't on that album there. Yeah. Okay. No. Did you have any features on the album there? Uh, no, there was no feature on that album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But okay, that wasn't Scissor One. That was the one where you had songs in French, though. Yeah, that was strictly that. That one, that project was hundred percent French. Yeah. Yeah. And who did you think you were gonna market the music to if it's strictly in French at that time? There. Well, I remember. <coughs> We used to listen, to also used to listen to uh, reggae music from France. Mm-hmm. At that time, in the 90s, there was some, some French group, like, let's say, Ragasonic, that the Mario, is my bridging now, you know, but at the time, mm-hmm. those DJ in France were the ones we were looking to because we never really speak Patois, so we don't fully understand mm-hmm. Patois at the time, so we lean in more to the ones that doing it in French. Mm-hmm. So in France, there's a big culture with reggae music, and in the 90s and the 2000s, Reggae mm-hmm. music was big in France, so I had a lot of artists there. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was more marketing Europe and France. Yeah. Yeah, and I was not even looking for Canada, you know, really. 
Yeah. And what did that do for you, especially if you said you were looking towards France? How did that do for your career at that time there? Uh, what do you mean by it? What, what did it do to me? Like, did it, did it actually, did you get a buzz in France? Did people start to realize, hey, okay, this guy here has some music coming out of Canada. Did it do, what did it do for your career? Did people start to notice you at that time there? Not at the time. At the time when we started, first, first Megana France was um, when we released in 2010, we released a song in a, uh, called It's Getting Harder. Mm-hmm. And that got recognition in France. And because of that, I was able to go to France. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but before that, I was not really, I didn't not know impact in, mm-hmm. in Europe. But when I released that, because 2008, 2007, social media was not that great. Maybe mm-hmm. MySpace, mm-hmm. but it was hard to connect, you yeah. know, like it's not as today. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was no impact. It was the only impact in, in, in Quebec community. And all the artists from there, they recognized me, you know, and they started mm-hmm. getting me on the track, especially the rappers, because... There's a big uh, rap and hip-hop culture there in Quebec. Mm-hmm. So the rappers will get me in, into their songs and things of that nature. Yeah. yeah. Good vibes, yeah. All right. 08, your first project came out. Now, I know that you moved from Quebec to Waterhouse. Yeah. Waterhouse, Jamaica. How was that move? And why Waterhouse of all places in Jamaica? Um, because I had some, some, I had some links there. Mm-hmm. I had some links there. And and what else is like the maker of reggae music? You know, you have all those King, King Tubbies and Jammies, and you take Blackwood, Junior Reed, and Michael Rose, and you know. So mm-hmm. I had some links there, and I just went there, and that was it. You know, there was mm-hmm. no really question about it. And what was that? You know, what before we even dig into that, one thing I want to know: How did you get your name, Neto Youth? Yeah, so Neto is an acronym. Um, is acronym it, it stands for uh, in French matter of fact it, it stands for um, new student of uh, ancient text mm. and one of my bridging older brother is like because we're reading uh, Bible and the Quran and all those ancient texts and Egyptian book of the dead and Buddhism and we were reading all type of things you know about mm. 14 years old and um, he, he, he named me that way he used that acronym to, to name me and then at the time, it was Neto Philosoph, mm-hmm. because this, and then um, this radio personality from, from Quebec uh, named me Neto Youth, because he said, yo, you're a ghetto youth, because you're a ragamuffin, you know. <laughs> so he said, Neto, you're Neto Youth, and mm-hmm. I think he spelled it Y-U-T-H, he mm-hmm. forgot an O, in a, in a stage show, you know, poster, mm-hmm. and it stayed that way. We never, you know, yeah. it just stay that way. So we, there's no O, it's a Y-U-T-H. Crazy. All right, let's get into your time, Waterhouse, because now you're leaving from Canada to Jamaica. Was that your first time in Jamaica? Yeah. What was that like? You're listening to the music, but then now you're going to Jamaica. What was that like your first time in Jamaica? Was it what you expected, didn't expect? I want to know from your eyes what that was like. Wow, it, it, it was crazy. When I like in the muscle, <laughs> because what else is the ghetto, but at the same time, it's the best ghetto in the world. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was just to learn music and learn reggae music. Um, it was is the best school you can go to. Mm-hmm. The school of the sound system. I remember I couldn't sleep because sound system used to play every all night mm-hmm. from six p.m. To 
at 8 a.m. So I couldn't sleep. I was like, is it like this here? You can't yeah. sleep. People say, oh, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> so the things did. So, no, it, it was great. Um, and people were really acceptable. You know, I didn't speak Patois at the time very, very good and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Um, but when we start DJing French to them, they mm-hmm. love it. Okay. They love it. You know, and I start, then after that, I start DJing Patois. And it's like, boy, that you're banner. You know, but it, it was just love. It mm-hmm. was really, it, it, it was tough. Mm-hmm. It was it was tough because, you know, everything that can happen in the ghetto, you know, you know, um, uh, is a tough community. No, what else is a little bit better now, but at the time, it was very rough, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, election time, you need to sleep under the bed because bullets go through zinc fence. You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it was a great experience, and it it it, it toughed me up mm-hmm. in a way. You know, we were already ragamuffin, but no to our next level. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you went right to the heart of it. This is what I was. It's not like you went to country or somewhere. You went right into it. You know what I mean? Straight, straight. Yeah. And, and if I redo it, I wouldn't go nowhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, straight up. When you got there now, who were some of the artists or even studios that you started to connect with while you were down there? Um, you know, studio I used to go, uh, Friends For Real. Because, no, Waterhouse and you have Olympic Garden. Mm-hmm. And Olympic Gardens is not far from Waterhouse, so I used to, to work to um, Friends For Real. Mm-hmm. No, I used to connect with Bunny General, because Bunny General always used to be at Friends For Real. Yeah. So big up Friends For Real, big up Benji, um, the owner and, 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 mm-hmm. and the whole team, yeah. And what was that like now that you were, because remember, when you're in a studio in Quebec, it's a totally different than yeah. being in a studio in Jamaica. Yeah, 100%. What was that like? Um, well, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot. I learned differently, different method of recording, different technique, different, you know, so it, no, it was great. Mm-hmm. A lot of learning, a lot of learning. It was, to me, it was like a school. I learned. It was a school, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That was down there. So your link with friends for your bunny general. So, so you recorded music as soon as you got there, or it took a while to really no, start. No, it took recording? a while. Mm-hmm. It took a while, you know, because uh, I didn't have a lot of funds at the time, and you know, I was a youth and mm-hmm. almost like teenager still. So, mm-hmm. um, I was more in the ghetto and just chilling with the people. And mm-hmm. I didn't come out of what else. I didn't really come out of what else to be honest. I was. I didn't go uptown. I didn't go. Sometime I go to Coronation Market with, yeah. with my mother, you know, and she takes me there, we go do some shopping, mm-hmm. go at Coronation Market. But aside from that, when I really come out of the ghetto, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Did you ever get a chance to go to Jammies or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I went to Jammies. I, n- I never met Jammies, mm-hmm. but I know Baby G. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And but you see, all right, so, so my, where I used to live, I used to live at the corner of Unity Lane and Balcom Drive. Mm-hmm. Unity Lane is the same uh, street, Biniman Bar. So two, two houses away is, mm-hmm. is Biniman. It's, it's family houses still there. Yeah. Really, literally two houses away. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, you know, you have Balcom Drive and no Jamies is more that way. And mm-hmm. because there's always liquor turf war, I usually stay within my... You know, mm-hmm. so we don't really go to Jamie's because that at, at that time, Jamie's area mm-hmm. was a lot of war, turf war going on there, lyrics mm-hmm. area and, and this area. So we're not really too go there. Yeah. Yeah. I more go to Bukas, Samakian, that more my, my areas where I go because yeah. my people are from there. Yeah. Crazy. Link with Bunny Jenner. Who else did you link with while you're down there? At the time, um, 
at the time, not much people at the time. I was linking with who was at Friends for Real, mm-hmm. most likely. Uh, but not much artists at the time. It's more after that, mm-hmm. when me forward to Canada, mm-hmm. establish my name and everything, record more songs, and then forward to Jamaica, and then start linking with other artists. But I know you're going to talk about this. Like mm-hmm. Because 08 was the first project, but then you took a while, probably six years later, was when your second project came out. Matter of fact, in between, I release a mixtape. Mm-hmm. In between, I release a mixtape that I that was sold in, in the street in Montreal and Quebec. Mm-hmm. And how did um, that do? Hmm? How did that do? It, it did great. Yeah, mm-hmm. it did great. Because at the time, remember, we used to sell CDs. You know. Uh-huh. You know. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was one-to-one, mm-hmm. and it was great. It was it was is the best marketing if you ask me. It's like your your card, so you go mm-hmm. there, boom, um, you make some links and re re re. But it was until 2014 was my really my second um, official album in mm-hmm. store with a record label. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did how did this now do for your career? Um, it's um so all right. Now 2014, I forward to Canada now. Mm-hmm. And I got signed with a, a label, which is a subsidiary from Universal Music Canada. Okay. The name is Coyote Records. They're one of the biggest labels in, in Montreal and Quebec. Mm-hmm. And they signed me. Uh, we did a reggae album. But no, for them, no, to market reggae music, they're more used to market pop and hip-hop. Mm-hmm. They don't know to market reggae music. Mm-hmm. They should have taken that to Europe. But they take it to Canada. Mm-hmm. So... The album was great, especially because the album was um, half in English and half in French, half in Patois and half in French. So me mix both. So some songs may have Patois, some songs may have French. Mm-hmm. <coughs> the thing now is that on that album, no, a collaboration with Dada, Sizzler, no. Okay. And at the time, yeah, because on my views, mm-hmm. my spiritual views, my views, no, somebody from the label, I think probably was a funny man and he called you know the, the CEO and tell him yo you know say Sizzler you don't like funny man and Neto you don't like funny man and re, 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 re. so after that they cut my fundings and the PR for the record label was a funny man so everything went so you know mm-hmm. and they didn't market it properly it was a great album great potential but it never reached to the highest potential it should have reach mm-hmm. because some haters and some other things mm-hmm. but we still give thanks it was a great experience we toured the whole quebec you know we did all the big stage and we really, really open for chantal fifteen thousand people crowd and all kind of big stage show and you know my had my band at the time so it was we were doing music like crazy mm-hmm. so it was a great experience but it was in they never took the project where it should have been we should have gone really, yeah okay Scissor now, how did you connect with Scissor? Right, so Dad I know, um, his sister, mm-hmm. Tutti, is a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And then, so I used to hang out by Judgment Yard and re, re, re. Uh, One time she's like, yo, you need to do, you're a bad artist, you know, Neto, you need to do a song with my brother. Mm-hmm. So she introduced me with Dada and Dada said, yo, take down my number. And I was like, what, Dada giving me his number? <laughs> <laughs> Remember I was young at the time, you know, and, and, so from there, forward to Canada, and there was a, a, a last rhythm on the album. There was a last rhythm where I think I make it listen to Chess Deck, and Chess Deck didn't end up recording on it. And no, 
me was texting Dada, me was texting Sizzler, and Sizzler said, yo, you know, I read him, I forward some rhythm. I forward the rhythm, mm-hmm. and I had one, I had two verses already laid on on it. So we never record the song together. Mm-hmm. So we had, we already had two verses on it, and Sizzler just, Psh! and his sister texts me the next day, it's like, yo, your rhythm is playing night and day. <laughs> Dada was, you know, crazy about it, mm-hmm. and then he sent back the vocals and, and history. Mm-hmm. And, and, then and, and then we forward and we did the video mm-hmm. so we forward with a team with a record label with like eight people we forward mm-hmm. Judgment Yard and we shoot also in Waterhouse we did the video and that was that was that at 36 Earthstrong so the day we, we reco- the day we shoot the video yeah. that was that at Earthstrong so that was a very special day and all through the, 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 the shooting that I keep on thanking me mm-hmm. for doing this video and I'm like Dada thank you <laughs> <laughs> and he's like you know, you know give thanks you know it's a blessing we do this today on my Earthstrong I'm like Dada yeah. thank you you know so it, no it was a great experience yeah that's that's big right there, especially mm. somebody like a Sizzler, you know what I mean? And Legend. that was that's your on your second album. So even somebody like um IKEA Soul, when do you connect with her? IKEA, another artist from Waterhouse, mm-hmm. right? Um she used to, she used to live on Balcom Drive. Mm-hmm. I used to live on Balcom Drive in Unitili and so she literally ride the corner. But IKEA she's not a woman with come out really in, in the ghetto. Mm-hmm. You know, she liked to be like an uptown girl. <laughs> Big up Ikea, see a boy, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, her dad, Bingy Blair, mm-hmm. which is Capleton's best friend. Bingy Blair is mm-hmm. Ikea dad. Mm-hmm. And Bingy Blair always harassing me for doing a song with Ikea. And um, boom, we go so boom, we do a song. Um, she came to Canada like four years ago. We did a show together. Mm-hmm. I booked her for that show. And then we say, yo, she's like, yo, my dad not stop telling me we need to do a song. So mm-hmm. she forward to my studio and, and, and recorded the song. Yeah. That was um, drama. Drama. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big. And how did that song do for you guys? It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it's still doing great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great song. Yeah. Because what I like with what you do, you put out a lot of visuals. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, well, think about it in a muscle. Um, these days is... Um, we, before it used to be more of an earring mm-hmm. era. Now we're in a visual era. Mm-hmm. See, you know, the whole thing with the metaverse and everything coming, we're in a visual era. Mm-hmm. People, first of all, people's attention span very short mm-hmm. nowadays. And no, people need to see things. Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't see no visual, they're not going to pay attention to a song. So even if you put on a song, even if you don't have no video, it's good to put a little lyric video so at least people can relate um, on it. Right, so visual are very important nowadays. Mm-hmm. You're a hundred percent right, because even because I know when you moved up to say 2017, now you came up with another. This is a mixtape you came up with. I didn't call it mixtape at the time. I call it a pure, pure tape. tape. Yeah, because <laughs> there's no mixing. Mm-hmm. It's only pure right? time and space. Pure tape. Time and space. Pure tape. And mm-hmm. the concept was time and space. Why? Because. I took, I, I recorded so many songs during the past seven years, so that was in 2017. So from 2010 mm-hmm. to 2017, recorded so many songs, I had about 100 songs. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I cherry pick some of them, them songs and put them in a this mm-hmm. project, right? So it was really songs where never got on no album. Yeah. And at this time here, this was when you were living in Toronto at this time here now? Yeah, I w- mm-hmm. just moved to Toronto, to Toronto created my, la- my label, Article Youth Records, 
and um, we printed we printed like 10,000 copies of that. And I had a team in Montreal called mm. Sovereign Music Movement, and what they do is they sell CDs in the streets. That's mm-hmm. what they do, and they sold 7,000 copies of that. Those people mm-hmm. make four grand a day. They're t- Two people, on they, they, this is a, they are like 10 of them, but there's two of them in the street every day hustling. Yeah. That's all they do, winter, no matter if it rain. And they sold seven copies, 7,000 copies of that pure tape. And this is a, this is a lot for the streets. Come on, boss. 7,000 yeah. copies. This is a lot. And we're not talking about it. It's not like it's a mixtape where it's like you and all these other artists. This is you in particular. And for you to move those type of units, that's a lot, boss. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And those people, they, they sell to everyone in the street. It's like, no matter white, black, Chinese, whole, young, yeah. they come to you and say, yo, I have great. And they have other artists too, that they, you know, so mm-hmm. it was like a partnership with them. So they, they are hustlers, man, and I have to give them their credit because they move a lot of units. Yeah. That time there. So then now, what was it like moving to Toronto? Because you know Toronto is like the big city in Canada. How easy was it for you to settle yourself into the music scene when you got here? Um, well, let's talk about Osiklin myself first. <laughs> let's not talk about music. Toronto is is a big city, you know. Um, never been in a in a city so never lived in a city so so big before mm-hmm. Toronto. You know, Kingston is not that big. Mm-hmm. Montreal is not that big. Quebec is not that big. So, um, came here. Came here because my baby mother was pregnant and my baby mother was from Toronto, mm-hmm. right? So I came there for my son. I really came here to be a dad um, seven years ago, and. Ended up in a lick of trouble with the law and da 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 re, 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 and it was the first year and it was hell. Mm-hmm. I didn't know no one here, no one in the music. Yeah. And then we start linking with uh, Lindo. Lindo is the first one, and then Noble Works and Lindo, and and Soul Survival and mm-hmm. and those people, you know, and those people they they give me a shot, so you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So and then after that. It's just you meet one person and snowball effect, and you you, you meet the next person and re, 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 and yeah. people hear from about you and because you were you were doing your stuff at this time here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because that was that was in in two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you said so it was. As you said, you didn't know anybody, but Lindo was the one that really introduced you to one person that opened more doors from there. But matter of fact, I think Noble Works intro- introduced me to Lindo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but then Lindo introduced me to other people, and other people introduced me to other, other people. And mm-hmm. from there, you know. I think for me, you have good content, from, from you have good music, it's very easy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to go everywhere and try to sell yourself, you know. For me, you have good music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at this time here, the internet was in full swing. So then people, so then now you could network more with social media at this time here now too. Yeah, because that was 2017. Um, so I mean, internet was there, but it was not as big as now, mm-hmm. right? So so yeah, the networking was diff- took another was another dimension. Yeah, to networking than than nowadays. And what were some of your first songs you started to record now that you're in Toronto now? Ah, uh, in Toronto, no. What song we start recording? Um, well, I I recorded a whole album um, mm-hmm. called Exodus, Not an Exile. I recorded a whole album when mm-hmm. I was there. Yeah. 
So that, that came out on your label. Album. That came on my label, and uh, um, that came um, in 2020. Mm-hmm. 2020. That was 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that one there, I know you'd put out a couple of visuals well. Yeah, a couple of yeah. visuals for that. Number. Was that the one where you did the mini movie? No, that no, that no, that one was a project from Gold Up Records. Mm-hmm. That was not on any of my uh, album. Mm-hmm. That was with Gold Up Records. We did a mini movie with uh, My Bridge in Face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was called Fame. Fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me how, because that that was pretty wicked. So, how did you guys even come up with that concept and do something like that in the first place? So, so I like to I like movies and I like shows and I think after music. A lot of artists know they go towards m- making movies or actors and or acting and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all my videos, I direct or I either co-direct. Okay. All of my videos. So this one we came came together. Me and Wayne Father, which is like my best friend. He's also a director. Mm-hmm. You know, he have a whole of ideas, always some ideas. And we came together, you know, one morning and we said, yo, we have to shoot that video. And yo, mm-hmm. we have an idea. And then we start writing. Mm-hmm. We write the plot. Boom, boom, boom. And now we have Face, mm-hmm. which is a, a, a big actor as well in Jamaica. You know, he's, he's in Junior Gang videos, Busy videos. Uh, Wayne Marshall, what's the song with Marshall? Glory from God. He's the main actor in that too. Okay. So he's from Samarkand, you know, the other side of water. So he's my bridging every day we're together. So we're like, Fierce, we need you. And say, yo, don't say our word. Wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Boom, get the team. And it was one day and it was done. It was done. Mm-hmm. Big, big there. You brought upon somebody, uh, Wayne J's father, because I knew you and Turbulence linked and did a video about a year or two ago. Two, yeah, um, last year, matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Last year, we did a song. Um, and that link was funny mm-hmm. because I met, I never met Turbulence in Jamaica, but I met Turbulence in Toronto. Okay. At Inity Studio. Mm. At a dub session. Mm-hmm. And there was Noble Works putting that dub session together. And I was in the booth. I always going to remember that. I was in the booth mm-hmm. voicing a dub for, um, what name again? Blacks Done the Place. Okay. I was doing, so I was doing two dubs straight. Mm-hmm. Kill it. Murder it. Mm-hmm. Come out of the booth. Turbulence was sitting there. I mean, he was not there when I came in the booth yeah. first. So, and he's like, Turbulence was like, Rasta youth, you're bad. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, Turbulence, I, you know, grew up listening to Anthony B. Capleton, Turbulence, mm-hmm. all those artists. He's like, yo, we have to do a song. And I'm like, what? Yeah. No say a word, bro. <laughs> so, there was Noble Works there, and and no Noble Works have a band called Iron Roots, mm-hmm. as a Canadian band, reggae band, mm-hmm. and they never released no album yet at the time. They never released no project, but they had Wooly rhythm. So say let's select one of the rhythm that we have, and Turbulence picked that rhythm. The song is called Without You. That was in that was in 2018, mm-hmm. and we never released the song until last year. And then last, uh, last year, 2020, during COVID, went to Jamaica, we shoot the video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's where I've seen Wayne J in that video right, there also. Right. Wayne J is, is like my nephew. Mm-hmm. You know, this is family right there. Mm-hmm. This is my nephew. Because, all right, me me used to live um, Unity Lane. So, Balk, me used to live at the corner of Balcom Drive and Unity Lane. Mm-hmm. The next lane, no, is Christian Lane. And Wayne J live on Christian Lane. 
right? And then you have the, and then there you have the bridge. Mm-hmm. You know the red bridge where Billy Man say, if you cross the bridge, you end up in Nassau Road. That's the bridge. And mm-hmm. the other side you have Jews, Jews land, right? So you have the bridge there, and every day at the time, me used to walk across the bridge mm-hmm. and go to the um, go to the plaza across Washington Boulevard, do a little hustling. Mm-hmm. And before I went at night, when your father was there every day. Hustling trees and knowing he stopped me one day, he started talking and he's like, Oh, yeah, Rasta. And we start talking about spirituality and religion and nation of Islam and Hebrew Israelite and all kind of things. So, yo, that man, they have knowledge. So, he's like, Yeah, because he used to live in New York and he got deported. You know, he went to Rikers, Rikers Island and got deported. And at the time, remember at the time, Wenji was probably one years old. Mm-hmm. That's 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Because Wenji now is 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I grew up with Wenji. I grew him. I grew, you know, it's, it's, he's like my nephew. And it's that from that day, his dad became like my best friend. Mm-hmm. Every day we used to pray, and, you know, you know, yeah. So that's, that's the story. That's how you got it there. Yeah. No, that, that's mm-hmm. big because even before we get into the new song with um, Turbulence and Wenji, I know that you put out a slew of music videos there too. You even had um, yeah. Best Father, I think it was. Real father. Real father, yeah. yes. You even had a challenge to go with that, too. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the story behind that song? Um, all right, I'm a single father. Mm-hmm. And for me, is like, um, w- w- father don't get enough recognition nowadays. I see a lot of father struggling. I see mm-hmm. a lot of good father amongst my friends, among my bridge. But father don't get recognition, mm-hmm. as they should. Miss, me know some single father too, you know, mm-hmm. holy for them. Okay. But they never get recognition. So I put that song together called Real Father, and I did a Real Father Challenge. So all the father, they send their video and with their children singing the song and, and, and this. But I thought it was important. So, all right, looking at reggae music now, there's about three songs about father. Vibes Cartel, mm-hmm. Chris Martin, um, Conscience, mm-hmm. and Neto Youth. Name another song about fathers. All the songs about mothers. Me love my mother. Big up to all the mothers. But the father, them need recognition as well. There's mm-hmm. not enough song about father in a reggae music. So I was like, very important that I do a song about father as myself as a father. Yeah, yeah that makes sense because, as you said, there, there is a lot of mama songs and mom and all those stuff there. But father songs, I was even surprised that you had three other names to call because I don't even really remember father yeah. songs like that. Right. There, you know I think I mean? there's the, the, the Vibes Cartel song, the Chris Martin and the Conscience song, and mm-hmm. that, that's about it. Mm-hmm. No, um, if you know another one, let me know. If yeah. anybody know another father song in reggae music, let me know. But most of the songs, they're about mama, you know. You're right. A name you brought up earlier, Lindo P., I yeah. know you had him in a video called um, Hustle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. How did you guys connect and put out that video there? Because he's not a featured artist on no. it. He's just in the video. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that video, you know, it's called, uh, that song's called Hustle. And it's really a motivational song, you know, about mm-hmm. hustling and, you know, for the youths. Because I think it's imp- my music is motivational. Aside from social comment mm-hmm. and spirituality, and conscious songs, I think it's very important to have motivational songs. I, mm-hmm. I want the youths, I want to teach the youth about investment and, you know, everybody can, the way they can make it. And so I released that, that video, you know, um, and I called people to come in at the video. I called Love Jones. You know Love Jones? Of course. Yeah, I called Love Jones and 
we meet by Noble Works and Riri. And then Lindo called me, he's like, yo, I can forward to the video. I'm like, yo, of course you can forward to the video. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, man? <laughs> so, you know, li- 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 big up Lindo because, first of all, he's a great artist, but mm-hmm. he's also a great selector and he always support me. So, yeah, big up my brother Lindo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big, big there. Talk about hustling. I know you have another visuals and a song too called Money. Yeah, Money Song. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing, you know, we want. Because, all right, we are Rasta, but we like. We like nice things. Look at the emperor, no. Ali Selassie, I love nice things. Mm-hmm. No, no wrong with that, <laughs> you know. And we need money because mm-hmm. money is a currency. Money is a current, mm-hmm. and current is energy, mm-hmm. you know. So with money, you can accomplish anything. So it's very important. I think you know some 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 Rasta they don't really like money. I'm like you. Money is progress, and you know it's it's you, we all need money. <laughs> you do, yeah. yeah we need money. Yeah. Take care of our families, and we need to we 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 need to buy food for the homeless and buy build studios for the youth that can. Because right now I'm building a studio in Waterhouse. Okay. You know, so we want to do just so many things. We need to take care of poor people. We need to take care of people that can afford things and things mm-hmm. of that nature, right? So uh, money is important, yeah. and, and poor people need money, and we all need money, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. What I like with your lyrical content, you have a bit of everything for everybody. You know what I mean? And you keep okay. it, you keep it normal. You don't OD on it. You know what I mean? You could talk about money, you could talk about girls, you could talk about all these stuff here, but you don't OD on none of it. You all understand? Right. All right, no, I'm gonna teach you. I'm gonna tell you something. Sizzler mm-hmm. teach me that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm telling me? Mm-hmm. I'm saying Neto, you need to have songs. You need to have. One album girl song, one album Rasta song, mm-hmm. one album gangster song, mm-hmm. one album party songs, mm-hmm. one album, you know, mm-hmm. your catalog need to be wide. Mm-hmm. And this is one thing I will never forget what, what Dada teach me. Mm-hmm. And I'll always be grateful for that. So after me meds that, mm-hmm. I made one plus one, me say, all right, we need to have songs for everyone. Mm-hmm. Rasta, girls. Because before me, was, I only have Rasta songs and the girls, they kind of, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, so <laughs> say, all right, we need more girl songs, and we need more youngster songs, party songs. We need songs for everyone. Yeah. Everyone needs representation. So that's one thing that I teach me, and I, I took his advice on that and, and, and try to apply it in my music. That makes sense, because you could see, because it's a bit of this, a bit of that, but again, the lyrical content is never overboard. It doesn't get outrageous you understand what you mean by overboard as in you you don't you don't get crazy with the music you still keep it to a level call your rest up yes so you're singing about girls so you're singing from it your point of view you're singing about money you're singing from it, your point of view mm-hmm. you're singing about the tugs you're singing about it from your point of view mm-hmm. which is still a rasta point of view mm-hmm. you understand right yeah man. right so yeah so we, we try to respect everyone um we know we're not go too much in a slackness mm-hmm. you know but we still you know, we need to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy right there now. So then now, your newest song right now, before even that, Esco Levi, when did you you and him connect and do a song? Um, Exco, all right. So we used to see Exco plenty of time in Jamaica. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, see him at studio and see him dance and all uh, Exco always roll by himself and mm-hmm. we see him and you know as Canadian fellow artists we 
ail each other and things like that. But um, I did a tour with Ginger. I did a tour with Ginger, um, when was it, uh, about four years ago, five years ago. Mm-hmm. We did a, a tour with Ginger, and um, me and Ginger had a crazy performance in Montreal at Taste of the Caribbean Festival. Mm-hmm. And you know, the crowd was lit, uh, me and Ginger jumping, and yeah. I post a clip of that, and then Lin- um, Exco called me, and he's like, yo, mm-hmm. all right, we can talk about it, because, mm-hmm. you know, Big man thing, mm-hmm. um, and big up Exco for everything he does for 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 Canada mm-hmm. reggae music sure. and you know, um, so Exco called me and he's like, yo, I want to sign you, I want to sign you on uh, I Priest music. Mm-hmm. I said no problem, so we can chat and discuss. But remember, I have also my record label mm-hmm. and things like that. But he's like, yo, I want you to open for me. When I have my stage show, I want you to open for me, just like, oh, Chronics of, you know, Kabaka Pyramid before, but, well, that was before, right? Yeah. And Kelisa and those people. So that's why Exco tell me. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we go Jive Brampton, go so boom, go, go by Exco, um, and we discuss and thing like this. And um, we say, yo, we need to do a song together. So get my producer for Senna Rhythm, and we did Ethiopia one more time, mm-hmm. write the chorus and everything, boom. But then after that, he never really follow up on, you know, opening for the stage show for him. So, you know, we never really, none co- got concrete from that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so that's how we link. He give me a, a phone call and say, yo, I saw your performance and you, I want to sign you. Yeah. That's wild there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially I tell people, especially when you're performing, you never know who's in the crowd, who's seen you, where it's going to really lead to you. So you always want to go out and do your best. Always, yeah. even if there's two people there in the crowd, you always do your best. Yeah, always. You don't know who those two people are, who they know, or who they know, yeah, or who they connect with. Yeah, yeah, facts. Mm-hmm. Crazy, right there. Your new song with Wayne J and Turbulence. How did you guys come up with this song here right now? And it has a music video also. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So, all right. So we did this. I did a song with Turbulence without you. The other song. Mm-hmm. Um last year and then my producer Bob Rhythm which where I work with in my team now would produce most of my song The Money Song Ethiopia mm-hmm. One More Time this one mm-hmm. he's like oh I kind of missed th- that song I-, I wish I had produced yeah. that song with Turbulence so he's like can you get Turbulence on the next song mm-hmm. and so so you know just call Turbulence and Turbulence say yo forward the rhythm next day forward the vocals <laughs> and then Black Hero was supposed to be on that song with Wayne because at the time it was Wenji and Black Hero mm-hmm. just released their EPs, mm-hmm. and my CM producer Bob Rhythm is the one produced the EPs for them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, let's get Hero and let's get Wenji because we have a liquor, you know, that's our liquor camp right there. Yeah. Right. So Black Hero was supposed to be there. Wenji was supposed to be there. Finally, we realized there was too too many artists on the song, mm-hmm. so we just keep Wenji. Um, on the song, but yeah, because Wayne's family was just natural to have it on the mm-hmm. on the rhythm, naturally, yeah. And then we shoot the video, but because of COVID, we couldn't go there. Mm-hmm. We shoot the video. Uh, I had my team in Jamaica shooting the video, mm-hmm. and I have my team here shooting the video. So we just take the thing and, and put it together. Yeah. And big up the one Muay Thai, Simon Marcus. We uh, we shoot the video at the Muay Thai gym there. If you know Simon, he's the former Muay Thai champion, my bridging. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's in the video. And so big up Simon for allowing us to shoot at the gym. I practice Muay Thai as well okay. for about 15 years. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And recently I started training with him. Yeah. And he has a UFC. He started in UFC in December. 
Mm-hmm. So it's a huge thing, man. Yeah. All right, so you're connected. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah. You got the link with them. Is this song here now, Babylon So Cool, is this part of an upcoming project or is it just a single that you'd put out? Right, upcoming project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, We're going to release an EP. So we take our time, we want to do it the right way. Um, but the main strategy, you know, so before we used to release albums mm-hmm. and pure tape and mixtape and mm-hmm. with 30 songs on them. Mm-hmm. But in this era now, um, people really are more leaning towards single. Mm-hmm. And people attention span very short as we were saying before. And no album, a lot of people don't listen to album anymore, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know? So um me and my team, the strategy that we came together with is that we decided for the past two years to release singles. So let's say last year I released eleven singles. Right? That's the album right there, yeah. but we still decided to put it in single form. Correct. With a single no you can have the visual attached to the single. You can mm-hmm. have a lyrics video or video and re, 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 re. So um, that was the strategy and it, it worked so far, you know, as a, as a marketing strategy mm-hmm. to have singles versus albums. But then I think that real artists still should release album because that's a body of work. Everyone can release singles, not everyone can release album because to put an album together, mm-hmm. it takes a certain artistic intelligence um, and, and to put that together. So we come from that album era. Mm-hmm. Now we in a single era, right? But I would still like to do albums and so we're going to release an EP. We're going to release one Roots EP and one Dancehall EP. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And w- is it coming out this year or next year? When could we look out for the uh, Next album? year. Mm-hmm. Next year. Yeah. Yeah, because we take time. We're not, we're not in no rush. We have album yeah. already and things. Not really singles. Mm-hmm. Um, and next year we're gonna release the EP. Do it correctly. I'm pushing Europe because we have a PR team in Europe mm-hmm. with Iriites. Um, so really want to push it more in Europe, Africa, and yeah. And when did you actually learn the business of the business? It's <laughs> a good question, little boss. Um, reading, cause we love to read. We love to read, and we love to educate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Sizzla teach me a lot about the, the the business. Okay, it teach me a lot, cause Sizzla studied business as well. Mm-hmm. Aside from music, it teach me a lot from from you know spiritually, but also music. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learn from elders. We learn from elders, so other artists like you know they're gonna teach us. Or it would teach us the rope, but also we 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 educate ourselves. We read about publishing. We read about rights, master. You know, I think every artist should own their master. Mm-hmm. Very important. If you're an artist in 2021, 2022, you need to own your master. You know, uh, 360 deals are not relevant anymore, mm-hmm. right? 360 deals with labels are not. You don't need a label anymore. You don't need no expensive studio anymore. It, things change and technology evolves so quickly and things change and we need to adapt to that and learn. So I read a lot of books about the music business and royalties and, you know, publishing and master, master your, your masters, your rights mm-hmm. and, and, and things of that nature. Yeah. I could tell because whenever you look at your Instagram and stuff, there's always some book that you read it, always recommending a book. Yeah. Always. I try to recommend a book every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say are your top three must-read books? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Random off off the top of your head. Oh, Lord. Uh, I will say one. Secret Teachings of All Ages by Manly P. All. Mm-hmm. 
That's the only one I'm gonna give right there. <laughs> <laughs> there must be two just off it's the top. It's an esoteric here. book. Yeah. yeah, occult. But um, yeah, I will just say this one for no. Cause I, aside from that, I can't pick. But but this is like a Bible. Yeah, yeah. And reading was always a part of who you were. Yeah, I always used to. Educate. My parents were teacher. My two parents. So if I come home and I and I have a. a uh, error on my test, mm-hmm. I get licks. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, mm-hmm. but so yeah, aside from that, yeah, I used to read um, and still reading. I mean, I read every day. I think I try to read twenty minutes every day, even mm-hmm. if I'm busy. Try to read because all right, we 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 do Muay Thai and we do this and we work out, but we need to work out the brain as well because the brain is your biggest muscle. <laughs> you understand. <laughs> and you are muscle. <laughs> <laughs> you get. You seemed very disciplined. That seems to be something I really pick up when it comes to you. We're not always been, but mm-hmm. um, discipline is very important. Mm-hmm. If you want to achieve anything, in need discipline. Mm-hmm. If you don't have disciplines, well, you're going to go in every direction and mm-hmm. nothing going <clears> to <throat> manifest, you know. If you want to manifest your ideas, because it all starts in your head. Every idea, everything we see in that room mm-hmm. started as an idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then it manifests in, in, in the physical world, right? But... We are, we are spiritual being, <clears throat> and we understand spirituality, and it starts from thoughts, mm-hmm. you know? And with thoughts, no, you need discipline, because if you, you, you want to achieve something and you have vision, but no disciplines to go with that vision, that vision will no go nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, discipline is very important, is, is what, you know, puts you in <clears throat> the right wheels to go into the right direction. Makes sense. Being a reggae artist out of Canada, how easy how, or how hard do you find that, especially right now? Out of Canada? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good question, you know, Moses. It's mm-hmm. a good question. All right. Um, no, things evolve rapidly. No, you have streaming. No, you have streaming and things like this. Um. I posted about that couple, couple last week about streaming. No, mm-hmm. you know, how come artist share are so low versus let's say um, Spotify CEO mm-hmm. net net worth is five billion. Mm-hmm. Come here, so much money. But when you do one thousand stream on Spotify, that is equivalent to three dollar that artists receive. So one thousand stream mm-hmm. is three dollar, three to five dollar, depending if you have your master and rare. Mm-hmm. Three to five dollar that the artists receive. But how come Spotify CEO? Make so much money, right? Mm-hmm. So, the good thing now with streaming is that you have access to the data and the analytics. So, you can see who, mm-hmm. what age, on what device they listen to your music, which country, mm-hmm. which city. You have all those statistics now. Mm-hmm. So, you can see. My, my, my biggest, I would say, fan base are supporters, supporters, they are not in Canada. Okay. They are in where Europe they? and okay. in Africa. Okay. And me will I never know that without mm-hmm. streaming. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and streaming was not available in, in so-called third world country up until this year. Mm-hmm. Spotify just came to Africa, I believe, last year. Okay. Jamaica, same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my bridging, one, one of the biggest artists from France and the French Caribbean is named Kalash. And he, was, he, was, he went to sit down with um, Spotify CEO of France. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, come... Spotify is not in the French Caribbean. That's where my main, you know, fan base is. And six months after that, that meeting, mm-hmm. 
Spotify was in the French Caribbean, but yeah. we had to push. He had to push for that. Mm-hmm. So um, I know we divert a little bit, but yeah, um, out of Canada now, it's great because we never. No one is a is a, a prophet in his own country, and you never get the love in your own country, and that's like a universal rule, mm-hmm. right? So people from all over the world writing me, and Canada is like, eh, but Europe, Africa, French Car- Caribbean, mm-hmm. the love is crazy, yeah. And have you ever been over there to perform yet? Yeah, yeah. You have? Yeah. yeah. How was it actually, streaming is cool, you see the analytics and stuff, mm-hmm. but when you now go and see the people, touch the people and sing to them, how was that? Oh man, it was great. So I was in Europe, performed there. Um, but where I want to go is to perform to Africa. I, before pandemic, I was mm-hmm. supposed to go to Uganda, and then boom, um, COVID happened. Mm-hmm. But I was supposed to go to Uganda. Yo, the love is crazy over there. Yeah. Tell you this. Yeah, I really want to go there. So that's my plan. Even if I have to book my own plane ticket, I go. I mm-hmm. go rich. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're saying Europe because that's where. Albrosi, gentlemen, and all of them. Do you get those comparisons a lot of the times? Uh, I get gentlemen, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even in Jamaica. Yeah. yeah. Is, but them say, you know, you're better than gentlemen. <laughs> 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 I'm saying, yo, don't compare. Yeah. Gentlemen's a bad artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you like the comparison? You don't mind the comparisons? You're doing your own thing. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, Super Hype asked me the same thing when mm-hmm. I was at on Hype TV doing an interview with Super. Mm-hmm. He asked me the same thing. He's like, "You, you sound like gentleman." I'm like, "No, I'm not sound like gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I sound like gentleman." Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's an honor because those are great artists. Mm-hmm. I tell no lie, but I sound different. Mm-hmm. I have my own sound, so I don't like being compared. Mm-hmm. But I take it as an honor, same way. Yeah, definitely. So we could expect a body of work next year. Mm-hmm. You're nine, two bodies of work. Yeah, two two EPs. More touring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If touring allowed, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where's your favorite spot to be? Writing the song, recording the song, or performing the song? Performing the song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Performing the song. Why would you say performing? Because when you have the live energy. Mm-hmm. It's different. Mm-hmm. When you write the song, you don't know what the song gonna sound like. Mm-hmm. When you record the song, you don't know what impact the song gonna have. But when you release the song, you see the impact, you see the love. If people love it or if people don't love it, who pe- who love it? But then when you perform the song, mm-hmm. you already know people love the song, and then you see them react in front of you. Mm-hmm. So it's life. So for me, I will say yes, dear show. Who else are you looking to collaborate with? Uh, I, have, I have a big collaboration on the new EP, but we don't know if we can, we can, we can say it. We don't know if we can say it. Well, if we say it, my producer are going to kill me for this. But Anthony B. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anthony B, yeah. I always want to, one of my favorite artists, I always want to collab with him. Mm-hmm. And we, 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 collab, we collaborate with him um, last month. Mm-hmm. And what was it like actually connecting with somebody like Anthony B? Because you linked with SZA, and I mean now this is Anthony B. What was that like working with Anthony B? Um, I know Anthony B because we met already at some festival. I, I opened for him already in Montreal, mm-hmm. Montreal Reggae Fest and things like this. So he's no, he's no stranger to Neto Youth. Mm-hmm. And you see the work. Um, 
so it's, it's just very easy because you send send him the 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 track and the music and he's like whoa mm-hmm. this is great yeah. <laughs> so it's not like any artist sending my song and it's not really just is is not for money it's really mm-hmm. because he, he loved the music he rates his style yeah and if you were to compare your style to anything out there who would you really compare your style to oh gosh you know <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one um we won't compare to anyone mm-hmm. me i'm neto youth i yeah. can sing i can sing i'm a sing i'm a dj i can toast i'm versatile you know so uh I don't want to compare myself to no one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, your style, your style, crazy boss. You know what I mean? Give thanks. Give thanks in general. Yeah, no, definitely because I really like how you could, how versatile you are. You know what I mean? And that, that, that's what we're aiming for, you know. We try to have different style, you know, different. One good example is Busy Signal. Mm-hmm. Busy Signal is very versatile. You can do some soca, hip-hop. Reggae, dancehall, and all of them, it does, it does very well. So for me, I don't like to put music in a box. I don't like to classify myself as a reggae artist mm-hmm. because music is doesn't have no front frontier. This mm-hmm. music is is universal and infinite. Put music in a box, it can't go so. Yeah. So I don't like to say reggae artist. If you give me a soca rhythm, mm-hmm. I'm going to kill it. If you give me a hip-hop rhythm, I'm going to kill it. If you give me a soul rhythm, matter of fact, I'm trying to do less reggae songs and do more different, you know, like I would love to do more soul songs, mm-hmm. things like that. I'm looking forward to hearing it because, again, <laughs> the way how you present it and bring it, crazy. Yeah. Even that, what made you decide to come up with your own label? Because of because of the experience I had with um, labels in the past, you know, when you actually have to go in front of the CEO and tear down your contract and say, yo, go suck your mother. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, no, all things aside, I, cr- I, I squashed the beef with the label last mm-hmm. year. The, the CEO was in Toronto, and I called him and say, yo, let's meet. And I went to his hotel there, and we mm-hmm. squashed the beef and everything. So everything is cool now, but... Um, <clears throat> Labels, you know, I, I don't know. I think artists should should create their own labels, sign themselves, mm-hmm. and release themselves. You know, I think artists have the powers to do to do so in 2021. I don't see why mm-hmm. labels are are so important. Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing with labels, especially with label in in Montreal and things, the biggest label there, like hip hop and things like this, this is all grant money. Mm-hmm. So none of the CEOs for those labels put money from their own pocket mm-hmm. is grant money that they put in, in the music or they put their own money and then the grant reimburses itself and re 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 so mm-hmm. it's not like they spend their own money if you in business and don't spend your own money and take risk I don't really respect that mm-hmm. you need to take risk if you are, are like let's take somebody like Dame Dash put his own money and you know you need to put your own money if you don't put your own money yeah. you don't take no risk you're not a real businessman I don't want to hear about you you know <laughs> so uh, yeah I mean and, and nowadays labels are not relevant mm-hmm. there's we don't need label anymore yeah. <laughs> we don't need label anymore I guess there's a lot that you could google and a lot of stuff I guess a lot of people are you saying you don't need a label from a reggae point of view or from a artist point of view period that includes R&B hip hop reggae period period I don't think we need label anymore but you have to remember labels the things with labels they still have certain relationships 
that they could get you Over. in front of places probably quicker right. than you could on your own. I'm pretty sure labels serve some form of purpose in 2021, but not the whole right. overarching purpose they right. used to serve before. And I get your point, and, and you, you do have a point. Label can take you there maybe faster, mm-hmm. but it's not a race. It's mm-hmm. a journey. Music is a journey, it's not a race. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, label them have certain connection, but if you're there, you're on your grind. But first of all, yes, you can create your own label, but you need a solid team. Mm-hmm. If you create your own label by yourself, then forget about it. Yeah. You need a team, and you need a solid team. Very important, mm-hmm. right? But um, aside from a team and creating your own label, I, I, yes, they have connection, but you can get connected yourself, and you can reach to those connections same way. And, mm-hmm. and if you knock on the door, knock on the door, knock on the door, and end up kicking the door, yeah. and trust me, they're gonna open the door. Yeah, yeah. And especially if you have good content. I mm-hmm. mean, if you have good content, right? Mm-hmm. If you have good content, anything is possible. That's what it is. It's having a label is cool, but you have to have good content, and you have to have a good team behind it Absolutely. also. Yeah. Because what impressed me, again, as I said, been following you for a couple of years. Okay, cool. I seen you put out the um, song with you and Turbulence and um, Wayne J. Okay, that's cool. I said, okay, let me go down the rabbit hole a bit more. But when it really 100% locked in was when I sent you a DM. I said, yo, I said this is how I'm going to shake the tree to see if you're real or not. I said, send me your EPK. I didn't want to say electronic press kit, none of that. I said EPK, and you said yes. And when you sent it back to me, how I seen it laid out, I said, okay, this man here, he's the real deal. You understand? Because a lot of artists, you would tell them a EPK or this or that, a lot of times they don't know what you're talking about. They might have out some good songs, cool, mm-hmm. but you have to understand the lingo, you have to understand the language, and you have to be prepared at all times. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that you were... 100% prepared, ready to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah man, I saw it go, man. Well, we have to be prepared for everything. Yeah, definitely. So, album, stuff coming up 2021. What are you doing for the rest of 2021? You know, we we, we record so many songs in the past year. Mm-hmm. We're kind of going to chill out for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> we're going to chill out a little bit. Maybe release another song. Mm-hmm. If we feel generous, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. no, you put out a lot of visuals between last year and this year. You put out a lot of visuals, a lot of music. It's been, and it's not a uh, low quality. This is high quality music, high quality visuals to follow. Give thanks, yeah, but that, that's what that's that's what we try, that's what we want to do. We want to mm-hmm. provide the people and the massive with some some great content, great music, and mm-hmm. good energy, and make sure that they're satisfied with what we deliver. You know. You understand 100%. Before I get you out of here, is there anybody you want to big up? Anything right now? The floor is yours, 100%. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. Well, big up everybody in, 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 in Toronto will give me a chance. Anyone who believe in me, you know, my whole team, you know, uh, Bob Redim, you know, team in France, you know, Wayne G, Wayne Senior, um, everybody in the White House, and everybody in Scarborough. Um, the whole world, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. And if they want to check out your music on the streaming platforms or social media, leave some contact info. Yeah, uh, n e t o y u t h at gmail dot com. Uh, Neto Youth on Instagram, YouTube, uh, Facebook, n e t o y u t h. Yeah, just mm-hmm. like that. Just like that. Leave us with something before you go. 
Oh, you want to say, hey, Neto youth come from Canada, Sagittarius and me born December, and I'm a family and me are the warriors, so me move to Jamaica, Fire, Australia, and me know King Jamis and me know Scorpio, and me know Exodus and me know Jaro, me na see no garrison when Neto youth can go, I will look some can shred down to Moscow, so me give them couple style, but them couldn't come pre, all the deaf, all the dumb, all the blind one see, gala, broke out, broke out, and I climb pantry, some see me tricky like bread and Nancy, girl want bring back love and vacancy and come at me yard no way no panty and nine months later wait and see and she a go tell me about pregnancy and neto youth have the whole place a rock me say lift it up select a you fi pull it from top more time to that sometime me day a jam rocking a me new clogs boot and me diamond socks girl a wave like sea and a give me contact want wash me clothes want play in a me locks Gideon time so no time fi relax long time me tell them Babylon I say chop ye Pon the yeng yeng fast like lightning Pon the corner them say it look frightening Some say me white some say me look like skin Hey, water house dog no sweet like icing Me bust it up with no thump like Tyson None of my shoes them don't carry license This are no sandal this are real garrison Them don't know the ghetto that's embarrassing Just like boss <laughs> You see, and that's what I'm telling you right there. Those, your lyrics, your flow, how you put it together, crazy. You understand? Yeah. Well, a long time we do that, you know, so is, is some people might hear of, of Neto You Just Know, but we've been doing that for 17 years. Yeah. A lot of people don't know, yo, you got to put in those hours. An overnight sensation usually took 10 years for them to become an overnight sensation. Yeah, it's a, it's a long time work. It's just not, um, you know, overnight. There's mm-hmm. nothing is overnight in yeah. this industry. Yeah, absolutely. Neto, as I knew it was going to be, mm-hmm. crazy conversation. Crazy gift. Thanks. And I got to understand more the person behind the visuals, the music and everything to really understand how your mind works. Yeah, man. So it, it's an honor, really, because mm-hmm. I've been watching the interviews. One of the greatest interviewers here in Toronto. I mean, I tell no lie. Yeah. In terms of podcasts, you're one of the greatest. Thank you. Um, you know your stuff. You come prepare. Most of the people that do interview in Toronto, they just, you know. But you come prepare. You come with the right question. You do your research. You come there. You're passionate about it. And that's the most important thing. So give thanks to be there. It's an honor. Long time I want to be there, because long time we've been chatting about this, of but course. I'm glad it manifested and it happened yeah. in the right time. You understand, yeah. when it was supposed to happen, and now, to me, after seeing everything that you've done and been doing, I figured, you know what, now is the right time. Yeah, and I cannot agree more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You understand. Absolutely. Big up yourself. Muscle, family. big up yourself, bless up, blessings, you know I mean? protection, addiction, prosperity. All the while. Yeah, man. Let me give you an outro and get you out of here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. Bam. Banging. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.